This podcast is a production of Faith Living Church. If you like what you hear, join us for church sometime in our Plantsville, Connecticut location, Saturdays, 6 p.m. or Sundays, 9 and 11 a.m. or online anytime at faithlivingchurch.com. I've discovered recently that I have a chronic condition. And I'm chronically thankful. Are you chronically thankful? That's his chronic condition. That's, that's my chronic condition. That he's you know, thankful. Just in case you were wondering. Yes. Okay. Um, some uh, little tidbits of information I came across. Thankful people experience better sleep, have healthier hearts, and suffer from fewer aches and pains. They're happier and have better relationships. This is thankful people. People are said to even exercise more if they're thankful. Perhaps doctors need to give out prescriptions for more thankfulness instead of only prescriptions, you know, for medicine. It seems that everything improves for those who are thankful. Consider this an interesting scientific study. In one study on thankfulness, conducted by Robert A. Emmons, Ph.D., at the University of California, Davis, and his colleague Mike... um, McCullough. McCullough, at the University of Miami, randomly assigned participants were given one of three tasks each week. Participants kept a short journal. One group briefly described five things they were thankful for that had occurred in the past week. Another five recorded daily hassles from the previous week that displeased him. And the neutral group was asked to list five events or circumstances that affected them, but they were not told whether to focus on the positive or the negative. Ten weeks later, participants And the thankful group felt better about their lives as a whole and were a full 25% happier than the hassled group. They reported fewer health complaints and exercised an average of 1.5 hours more a week. We highly recommend keeping a thankful journal. Each day, write something for which you are thankful. When God blesses you in the special ways, has he ever blessed you in special ways? Every day. Write it down, you know, so you don't forget it. And anytime you start to feel discouraged or depressed, read your thankful journal as soon as possible. Negative feelings are usually the result of focusing on negative situations or thoughts. But when remembering how much we have to be thankful for, We can stop negativity before it becomes a real problem. Focusing on the positive, focusing on what we have to be thankful for will prevent us from becoming fault finders. It seems that human nature, apart from God, drifts toward negativity. If we do not intentionally focus on what is positive. What do you have a tendency to do? Do you focus, if, if your little bottle was half full or, or is it half empty? Half full. You're answering and they're supposed to answer. Oh, <laughs> you always do that. <laughs> but I'll saying. forgive you and I'm thankful for you to be here. <laughs> I am. But the tendency is a lot of times it's just like, oh, it's, it's half empty. But we could just as easily say, well, it's half full. We could go to the positive side if we wanted to. Couldn't we? I think so. You know, we're we're thankful today for all these people who are here. How many had a a nice breakfast? Absolutely. Great job down there fixing it and all the people who helped to serve it and all. And uh, last night, uh, a dinner and then a little bit later on, we'll have a, a, a luncheon and all. 
We have so much to be thankful for. If you look around, you can find lots of things to be thankful for. Psalm 107 verse 21 says, Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. Psalm 136 verse 1 says, Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His faithful love endures forever. Sometimes we may forget to thank God. It's, it's possible. So this, we can forget how good he is and all the things that he does. And I'm just taking it for granted. But this particular chapter here, Psalm 136, he's just saying over and over and over and over and over, give, give thanks. thanks to the Lord for he's good. He's faithful. His faithful love endures forever. Give thanks to the God of gods. His faithful love endures forever. Would you read that? Sure. This is an article that we found. It says, it was just a couple weeks before Christmas in Southern California a number of years back. A friend of mine, then assistant pastor in a large local church, shared with me this true story that happened in his own family. His wife and her sister had been Christmas shopping and were speeding along the freeway on their way home. It was a cold, blustery night, dark and rainy. His wife and her sister were busily chatting in the front seat of the car. My friend's three-year-old daughter was in the back seat by herself. Suddenly, the two adults were aware of a strange, unnatural, and horrifying set of sounds as they heard the back door of the car open, the whistle of wind, and a sickening, muffled sound. Quickly, they turned and saw the child had fallen out of the car and was tumbling along the freeway. Panic. The mother slammed on the brakes and pulled the car to a wrenching stop, jumped out, and ran full speed back towards her child. When they arrived at her motionless body, they noticed something strange. All of the traffic was stopped, lined up like a parking lot just behind her body. The child had not been hit by a car. In fact, the car that would have hit her was stopped just a few feet short of her prone form. Wonder number one. A truck driver jumped out down from his cab and was bending over the girl as they arrived at the scene. He said, she's still alive. Let's get her to the hospital quickly. There's one nearby. He picked up the child. They all got in his large truck and sped off to a nearby hospital. The child was unconscious but still breathing, wonder number two. When they arrived at the hospital, they rushed into the emergency room and the doctors immediately began to check her vital signs. The room was hushed. Finally, the doctor spoke. Well, other than the fact that she is unconscious and scraped, she appears to be in good shape. I don't see any broken bones. Her blood pressure is good. Her heart is fine. So far, so good. No apparent gross damage. She was only bruised and skinned from her vicious tumble along the freeway. Wonder number three. The mother bent over her child. Her eyes were full of tears, and her heart was filled with gratitude. She was thankful. That's for, gratitude. For such a miracle. Suddenly, without warning, the child's eyes opened. She looked up at her mother and said, Mommy, you know, I wasn't afraid. Startled, the mother said, What do you mean? Well, she said, while I was lying on the road waiting for you to get back to me, I wasn't afraid because I looked up and right there I saw Jesus holding back the traffic with his arms outstretched. Wonder after wonder and every wonder true. The center of God's will is our only safety. Hmm. Do you have issues that happen in your own life? Or you, you were kept safe in a very unusual or maybe, you know, just spontaneous. Have you discovered God keeping you safe? Yes. Are we thankful? I know this past year, our son, who is a, a Marine, he was jumping out of a perfectly good airplane, you know. Thousands of feet up in the air, you know, and he tumbled thousands of feet through the air because his parachute had failed to open. 
So he cut the parachute loose, the one that had failed to open, he cut it loose, and he remembered that he has a reserve parachute, and he pulled the cord on the reserve parachute, and he just graciously and smoothly glided down to a smooth landing. Mm. You know, we're, we're thankful for that. Yes, you know, sir. I mean, lots of times we can take things for, for granted. And then our youngest son, James, he was going down on, on 691. Uh, and, uh, you know, the, the sun was rising in the east and he was going directly into it. And all the cars and trucks that were around him as he was going that way early one morning, you know, they, they couldn't see. The sun was so bright. And then they all just locked their brakes down. And he proceeded to ram, and he has a little car, ram a, a big truck from the rear end, totaled his car, you know. But he just walked away from it, didn't get hurt, you know. My mom, who lives with us, you know, f- for a year and a half, when she first came, would always ask her, well, Mom, what can we be praying for? And she would say, you know, just that I'd get some energy. And she was pretty weak, and there's lots of things that's going on there. But now... Just about every day, just about every day, she says, you know what? I feel so much better than when I first came here, you know? We hadn't quite figured it out other than it's kind of a God thing. You know, she loves working in the garden with us and all the things that we do. She's very, very active. Well, she's only 91, so that may have something to do with it. I'm not sure. Um, Well, if we can continue on here. And reading this psalm. Give thanks to the Lord of Lords. His faithful love endures forever. Verse 4. Give thanks to him who alone does mighty miracles. As we were just reading about. And he does about. mighty miracles. He does miracles. mighty miracles. His faithful love endures forever. Give thanks to him who made the heavens so skillfully. His faithful love endures forever. Give thanks to him who placed the earth on the water. His faithful love endures forever. Give thanks to him who made the heavenly lights. His faithful love endures forever. Verse 8. The sun to rule the day. His faithful love endures forever. And the moon and stars to rule the night. His faithful love endures forever. Give thanks to him who killed the firstborn of Egypt. His faithful love endures forever. He brought Israel out of Egypt. His faithful love endures forever. He acted with a strong hand and powerful arm. His faithful love endures forever. Give thanks to him who parted the Red Sea. His faithful love endures forever. He led Israel safely through. His faithful love endures forever. They saw miracle after miracle after miracle. They surely did. As God was setting them free from the bondage in Egypt. He hurled Pharaoh and his army into the sea. His faithful love endures forever. Give thanks to him who led his people through the wilderness. His faithful love endures forever. Give thanks to him who struck down mighty kings. His faithful love endures forever. Let's jump down to verse 23. He remembered our utter weakness. His faithful love endures forever. He saves us from our enemies. His faithful love endures forever. He gives food to every living thing. His faithful love endures forever. Give thanks to the God of heaven. His faithful love endures forever. Are you known, think about this, by others as being one who always give thanks? Do people know you as a chronic thanker? of God and of thanks to everything that they do. Think about that, how people would perceive you. The parents of a young man who was killed in a war gave their church a check for several hundred dollars as a memorial for their son. When the presentation was made, another war mother, she whispered to her husband, Let us give the same amount for our son. And the father said, what? What are you talking about? Our son didn't lose his life in the war. And the mother said, that's just the point. Let us give it 
Because he didn't. Mm-hmm. Is that a positive reason to be thankful? Yes. Absolutely. You know, on the tombstone of a woman, uh, the tombstone of the woman's husband who had died, and, you know, southern mountain woman, she had actually chiseled the epitaph in the tombstone herself, and it just simply said, he's always appreciated. Do you always appreciate what God does for you? Are you appreciated? You know, do, do you appreciate things that people do, your, your family, your, your, your loved ones, and, and things like that? People are chronically everything. You, you hear about it in these days and times, you know. Um, there are people who have this long duration, this continuing uh, chronic money problems. You ever know anybody had chronic money problems? You, you think about it, you know, lasting for a long period of time, or they're marked by, uh, you know, frequent recurrence at certain chronic diseases, you know, and they just continue on. A pattern of behavior for a long time. Uh, would you consider yourself a chronic procrastinator? You can let me know next week, okay? <laughs> think about that. Some people are chronic liars. They just can't seem to tell the truth. Do you have such a pattern for your life? I mean, are you chronically thankful? You're just full of thanks, you know. Thankful for what did not happen. Several years ago, a woman living on a farm in Germany, she brought to her minister a large amount of money. And as she laid it down, she said, in former years, I have had to pay a lot of money about this amount for medicine each year. This year, there has been no sickness in our family. And I want to show my thankfulness in this way. Sometime later, the same woman came to her minister with another sizable amount, explaining that many of her neighbors had suffered some losses in a recent windstorm, but that her farm had been spared. I bring the church this donation as an offering of thanks. Do we ever think to thank God because something bad didn't happen to us? Or is it, well, when he does something good, we thank him, you know. While hurrying through Chicago's commuter train station, I had an aha moment that stopped me in my tracks. This lady's name was Judy Keene. <clears throat> I had just left the candy counter where I had bought Valentine treats for a party. A few of us were planning for our church single moms. Doing so took my thoughts back to the cookout the previous summer, for which I had covered the cost. The single moms, their children, and I enjoyed a glorious day at a local sunshine-drenched beach, conversing and stuffing ourselves with burgers, hot dogs, chips, and the trimmings. As the afternoon ended, I sat among the moms at the picnic table as they enthusiastically divided up the leftover hot dogs, burgers, sodas, and desserts. No one thought to offer me a thing. My feelings were a little bruised. No, I didn't need the food. And most of the moms had given little thought to where the picnic spread had come from. But the slight was significant enough that I recalled it in the train station six months later. And then it hit me. How much more slighted God must feel when as recipients of his enormous generosity, we are reluctant to share a portion of our resources with him. Just as I didn't need the potato salad, well, God doesn't need our money, but it does. he does crave our acknowledgement and our thankfulness that all we have, it came from him.
What would it be like to go through an entire year without purchasing anything new? So hold on, you don't have to answer that right now. Could you go through a whole year and not purchase anything new? Well, that's the question a small West Coast group of environmentalist activists asked themselves a year ago. In January, 10 friends declared a sabbatical from American consumerism. The compact, as they titled their agreement, bound them in a mutual pledge to abstain from shopping from shopping sprees. Other than food, essential toiletries, underwear, and items for health and safety, the friends purchased virtually nothing new. They learned much about themselves in the process. After going through a time of retail withdrawal, they were amazed at how the items they needed just showed up. As they shared and interacted with others, Rachel Kessel, 26, says, I found a lot of the times there were things I thought I needed that I didn't need that much. Rediscovering the library and paying down credit cards were two unexpected dividends. John Perry, 42, says one of the byproducts of the compact is having a different relationship with things. I appreciate the stuff I have more, he says. He has developed a knack for fixing things rather than replacing them with new. The group enjoyed the freedom of their compact so much that they chose to renew their pledge this year. Can you imagine somebody doing that on purpose? But see, the reason they were so thankful for what God had blessed them with, and they had been taking a lot of that for granted. They didn't really appreciate it that much, but now they had, you know. Are you a chronic thanker? I mean, genuinely, are you pretty much addicted to giving thanks? Or are you a chronic giver? Think about this, you know. Are you chronically full of thanks? And that's the word we would call thankful. And it has a tendency to overflow, or we just occasionally thankful, you know? I read an article, too, about a, a lady who, uh, not like this group of 10 people, but she decided that um, instead of just always asking God for things, that she was going to instead thank him for things, but also that she, she just wanted to get a greater realization that she needed God more than anything. So when she would be praying and she would be, getting ready to ask God for something that she thought she needed. Instead, she'd say, oh, never mind, Lord, I need you more than this. You know, and, and she kept doing that and doing that, you know, and over a period of six months, her life was totally transformed. And she found that the things that she would have asked for one way or another, God provided the things that she really did need. And it just brought a, a great transformation in her relationship with God. Seek first God in his kingdom. We need him more. And all the things you have need of will be added to you, you know. Are you chronically appreciative, genuinely, you know? There's a synonym for, for chronic, and it's confirmed, you know. Have, have you had this habit, of, and you've been a confirmed complainer? You know, there are some people who are confirmed complainers, confirmed alcoholics, but are you a confirmed thanker of almighty God for all that he has done. First Thessalonians chapter five, verse 16 says, always That's 100%. be joyful. Chronically joyful. When it says always, 100% of the time, be joyful. Be chronically joyful. That's what he's talking about here. Keep on praying. Chronically prayerful. Are you chronically prayerful? Verse 18, no matter what happens, always... That's 100% again. Be thankful. Chronically thankful. That's what this passage here, 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18, is talking about. Now, all things aren't good. We know that, you know, but we can chronically give thanks 
because there's this confidence that, that Almighty God, His purpose and His provisions are there in every circumstance for our life. Now listen to what it says. It's one of my favorite verses. About my favorite. 8, yeah. 28. And we know. And the word know there, and we know, this is talking about there's confidence. We're sure of this. We know that God causes everything. That's 100%. To work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. Going back up here to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, let's read verse, well, just read the whole thing again. Always be joyful. Keep on praying. No matter what happens, always be thankful. For this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. It's God's will for us to be chronically thankful. It's, it's God's will to be chronically thankful and chronically prayerful and, you know, to, to put our focus on the almighty God, you know, don't blame God for making mosquitoes. Have you ever done that? But thank God that mosquitoes are not the size of Thanksgiving turkeys. I think that's worth thanking him for, don't you think? (laughs) You know, happiness comes when we stop complaining about the troubles that we have and offer chronic thankfulness for all the troubles that we don't have. Have you ever thanked God for all the troubles that you didn't have? Have you ever had four flat tires at the same time? No. Well, thank you, Lord. Well, there's somebody did, <laughs> you know. Well, thank the Lord you didn't have five to spare. <laughs> but we always do. If we were to look, we always can find something that we have to be thankful for. There's a small congregation in the foothills of the Great Smoky Mountains, and they built a new sanctuary on a piece of land that had been willed to them by a church member. Ten days before the new church was to open, the local building inspector informed the pastor that the parking lot was inadequate for the size of the building. The inspector told the pastor that until the church doubled the size of the parking lot, they would not be able to use the new sanctuary. Unfortunately, the church had used every inch of their land for the new sanctuary. Every inch, that is, except for the mountain against which the new sanctuary had been built. In order to build more parking spaces, they would have to literally move the mountain out of the backyard. Do you think the pastor was complaining and fussing about it? He was not. He was chronically thankful for the land and for for the new building. And he was chronically prayerful as well. The pastor was undaunted by all this stuff that was going on in his life and in the church at that moment. The next Sunday morning, the pastor announced that he would meet that evening with all the members who had mountain-moving faith. He said that they would hold a prayer meeting and ask God to remove the mountain from the backyard. He was chronically thankful and chronically prayerful. They would also pray that somehow God would provide enough money to have it paved and painted before the scheduled opening dedication service the following Sunday. At the appointed time, 24 of the congregation's 300 members, 300 members, but 24 of them showed up that Sunday night to pray. They prayed for nearly three hours. At 10 o'clock, the pastor said the final amen, and the pastor said, we'll open next Sunday, as scheduled. God has never let us down before, and I believe he'll be faithful to us this time as well. The next morning, and that would have been Monday morning, the next morning at 8 a.m., as the pastor was working in his study, there came a loud knock at his door. A rough-looking construction foreman appeared at the door. He said, excuse me, Reverend, I'm from Ace Construction Company, 
and we're building a new shopping mall over in the next county and we need some fill dirt. Would you be willing to sell us a chunk of that mountain behind the church? We'll pay you for the dirt that we remove and we'll pave all the exposed area free of charge. If we can have it right away, that's the deal. Because we can't do anything else on that project until we get the dirt. What do you say? Well, needless to say that the Lord Church was dedicated the next Sunday as they had originally planned with a double-sized parking lot that was paved and painted. How about that? You think God can do things like that for you? Yes. Absolutely, beyond a shadow of a doubt, you know. Troubles come to us all, but there's always hope. See, hope is a confident confident expectation expectation for the future. future. You expect God's blessings to be upon you in your future? Yes. You know, God's 100% dependable, you know, through all of our problems. And when everything else fails us, God will not fail you. That's just the way it is. When everything else kind of crashes in around us, God will hold us up. Even when we've blown it. Have you ever blown it? Mm -hmm. Even when we've blown it, God is strong enough to forgive us and to give us another chance. Many years ago, I often talked about a second chance, but I don't believe in second chances anymore. Because we used them second chances up a long time ago. Who knows what the number of our, our chances are right now. Psalms 46 verse 1. God is our refuge and strength. Always ready to help in times of trouble. Mm, God's dependable. God is chronically dependable. He's faithful. We read about all the faithfulness that he, he has toward us. You know, when we face problems or, you know, heartaches or difficulties, he is a confirmed giver of his peace, of his love, of another chance, you know? God is our refuge and strength, always ready to help in times of trouble, verse 2. So we will not fear, even if earthquakes come and the mountains crumble into the sea. The worst possible tragedy the, the most disastrous situation you can imagine, well, even in all those, God is 100% dependable. He is faithful. You know, no fear. God will not fail. Not at all. Whatever comes our way, we can know beyond a shadow of a doubt that God is our shoulder to lean on. It says here in verse 11, The Lord Almighty is here among us. The God of Israel is our fortress. And then it says interlude, which means stop and think about that. In every tragedy, we can look at what we have lost and you can become bitter. You ever been bitter because you lost something? Or we can look at what we have left and be thankful. Being thankful for what we have left. You know, uh, Joseph... In the Old Testament, you remember he was sold into slavery and all the things that had went down in his life and how he had been betrayed so many times. He had this uh, grand example that he leaves for you and me, that we can choose to be grateful or we can choose to be hateful. But the choice is ours. And he was betrayed all the time and he chose to be grateful and God made him second in command to all of Egypt because of his attitude about the things that was going on in his life. Psalm 69 verse 30 says, I will praise the name of God with a song. So we praise him as we did this morning. We praise him with a a song. And we'll magnify him with thanksgiving. And I'll, I'll magnify, magnify God. Now, I often have a magnifying glass This is a magnifying glass. And you know, I can start a fire with this magnifying glass. Really genuinely can. I'll have to demonstrate that one of these days. But it says what here? 
and we and, and will magnify him. You, you think about it. The invisible becomes visible. It comes into view. We will magnify him. We will bring God into view. Through what? Thanksgiving. With thanksgiving. When we are thankful, we bring God into view. Not just our view, but when we're thankful, we bring God into view for other people. When we're thankful for what God has done and we speak about it, it brings God into view. Are you bringing God into view for other people? Think about that. Read, read that one more time, dear. I will praise the name of God with a song and will magnify him with thanksgiving. You think about there's a magnifying glass on a microscope. And there are things that are absolutely unseeable. But through the magnifying glass on the microscope, it brings the invisible into view. And most of the time you can't physically see God, can you? But when you become thankful, you will bring him into view for your life and bring him into view for other people as well. Verse 31 says, This also shall please the Lord better than an ox or bull, which has horns and hooves. This shall please the Lord better. What's he talking about? Thanksgiving and praise. The giving of thanks pleases God better than giving him a sacrifice of a ram or a bull or other such things. You can give your gifts and and fulfill your so-called religious duty and still not be thankful. You can do a lot of religious activity and not be thankful at all. But you know what? When you give thanks to God, you're bringing him into view for you and for other people. And what's better than that? How many people in our you know, family and in our community need to have God brought into view as we're just being thankful for what he has done for us? Because we can forget about that if we're not careful, you know, and, and always be talking about, you know, my, my, my cup is half full. That's a whole lot better than our focus being, well, it's just half empty and looking at the negative side of things. So are you, think about this, are you a chronic thanker or are you a chronic complainer? How does it impact you? Matthew Henry, the famous Bible scholar, was once robbed by thieves. And he wrote in his diary, let me be thankful. First, because I was never robbed before. Second, although they took my wallet, they did not take my life. Third, because although they took my all, it was not much. And fourth, because it was I who was robbed and not someone else. It was I who was robbed and not I who was doing the robbing. Think about that. It's like, well, I'm I'm not the bad guy here, you know? Benjamin Franklin said, the sentence which has most influenced his life was some persons grumble because God placed thorns among roses. Why not thank God because he placed roses among thorns? It just depends your, on your perspective. Are you positive? You know, are you thankful for something or are you negative? Psalm 50 verse 23 says, but giving thanks is a sacrifice that truly honors me. Giving thanks honors him. It it magnifies him. It brings God into view. If you keep to my path, I will reveal to you the salvation of God. In Philippians 4 verse 6, it's one of our favorite portions of scripture. We use it every day. Don't worry about anything. This is not a worries giving season. This is a thanksgiving season that we're in. And we should focus on all that we have to be thankful for. There's a lot of people who are worry warts. I think warts fits the term worry pretty well. Don't you think so? But he says, don't worry about anything. Because see, 
Worry robs thankfulness. It robs it. We're not very thankful. We're not magnifying God when we're always worrying and we're being negative. So we don't 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 become a a chronic worry ward, you know. So let's let's read that verse there again. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. 100% of the things that you're dealing with that could cause you to worry, instead of worrying, he says, pray about those things. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. That's 100%. So instead of worrying, tell God what you need and thank him, which it magnifies him. It brings God into view. You know, it takes the same kind of faith to be thankful as it takes to be askful or prayerful. Do you ever pray? Mm-hmm. Do you yes. thank God when you're praying? You know? Yes. And you think about that, the same faith it takes us to be asking God for this and that and that. It takes faith to be thankful. It takes real genuine faith to know that He is there. And he's the one who has poured out so many blessings upon us, you know. So we should exercise our faith with thankfulness. Colossians 4 verse 2 says, devote yourselves to prayer. Chronic prayer. You just never give up on it. With an alert mind and a thankful heart. A chronic, thankful heart is what we're talking about. Mark eleven twenty four 24 says, listen to me. You can pray for anything. Anything? That's what it says. Did, did you know you can pray for anything? What are you dealing with in your life right now? His word tells us you can pray for anything. And if you believe, that's that faith issue, you will have it. Again, back to Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 to continue on with it. It says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. If you do this, you will experience God's peace, which is far more wonderful than the human mind can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. So if you're ever at a time where you're not at peace, where you're lacking peace, you probably need to look and say, hey, am am I being thankful? You know, because it says when we're thankful, we're, when we pray and are thankful instead of worrying that we'll experience that peace. If you do this, you're thankful. You will experience God's peace, which is far more wonderful than you, the human mind can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Colossians 2 verse 7 says, Let your roots grow down into him and draw up nourishment from him. So you will grow in faith, strong and vigorous in the truth you were taught. Let your lives overflow with thanksgiving. You understand what that means? I'll demonstrate it for you. Let your lives overflow. You know what what overflow looks like, right? (laughs) Let your lives overflow with what? Thanksgiving. Does your life overflow? You say, well, no, that's absurd. Why would I want to make a mess like that? Well, I promise you, when you're overflowing with Thanksgiving, you're not making a mess, you know, but you're making things better, genuinely, for your own life. Let your lives overflow with Thanksgiving for all, 100% all he has done. Mm, Because God just keeps blessing us and blessing us and as we're overflowing with thanksgiving, you're bringing God into view for yourself, but you're bringing God into view for other people. And we need to become a chronic. We need to be a confirmed thanksgiver. We, we, we really do. You know, cultivating a cause of chronic thankfulness, it, it changes our life. We can cultivate that and start looking and start writing those things down and becoming a chronic thanksgiver. And not just do it at this season when there's a Thanksgiving season, you know. 
Fulton Oursler told of his old nurse who was born a slave on the eastern shore of Maryland and who attended the birth of his mother and his own birth. She taught him the greatest lesson in giving thanks and finding contentment. I remember her as she sat at the kitchen table in our house, the hard old brown hands folded across her starched apron, the glistening eyes, and the husky old whispering voice saying, Much obliged, Lord, for my vittles. Anna, I ask, what's vittles? It's what I got to eat and drink. That's vittles. But you'd get your vittles whether you thank the Lord or not. Sure, but it makes everything taste so much better to be thankful. And it makes everything go so much better for us. No matter what we're going through, when we become thankful, it magnifies Almighty God and brings them into view and our God is a miracle-working God, genuinely, 100%. That's just the way it is. Daniel chapter 6, verse 10. But when Daniel learned that the law had been signed, he went home and knelt down as usual in his upstairs room. And you know what the law was? That he couldn't pray no more. He couldn't pray anymore. What if the law comes where you can't pray anymore? Just abandon prayer? No. Well, it says here, let's read it again. When Daniel learned that the law had been signed, he went home and knelt down as usual in his upstairs room with its windows open toward Jerusalem. He prayed three times a day, just as he had always done, giving thanks to his God. He was a confirmed, he was a chronic thanker, a giving of thanks. And you remember, because he prayed, the people who didn't like him, they had him thrown into a den of lions. You, you remember what happened there? The next morning, the king rushed out. Daniel, was your God able to protect you? He said, oh, king, I'm here. Almighty God, because of his chronicness and giving of thanks, God protected him. And I'm going to tell you, that works for us as well, 100%. Of the time. Now, let me see here. Can I give you this? Whoa. It disappeared. It's no longer in there. Must be because I put it in this bag right here. Need some help? Got it. Would you read me that article right there? Yep. There's a legend of a man who found the barn where Satan kept all his seeds ready to be sown in the human heart. And on finding the seeds of discouragement, more This numerous... here is seeds of discouragement. Does anybody need some? No. And on finding the seeds of discouragement more numerous than the others. The seeds of discouragement, according to the article, were more numerous than the others. And it was the devil's seed. Is that right? Yep, it was his barn where he stored his seed. He learned that those seeds could be made, made to grow almost anywhere. There goes another good pillowcase. Aren't you thankful you're going to get some new pillowcases, dear? <laughs> yep. <laughs> think about that for a moment. So I think I had a little, another special bag of, well, that's one of my socks. Some you more seeds. You want to cut it? You want me to cut up my socks? <laughs> dear, I might have to. You can't get it untied. But what was that he was saying something about? There's one place, the devil was saying in this article, there was one place he was saying that. It says, when Satan was questioned, he reluctantly admitted that there was only one place in which he could never get the seeds of discouragement to grow. There's one place the devil cannot cause the seeds of discouragement to grow. And where was that? 
And where is that? Asked the man, and Satan replied sadly, in the heart of a thankful man. When you're thankful, seeds of discouragement can grow in your life. When you're thankful, the seeds of discouragement will not grow in your life and, and discourage you. But think about that. Are you chronically thankful? And you'll never be discouraged when you're chronically thankful because there's always something that you can thank God for when you're full and you're overflowing with thankfulness. That's what he wants us to be. I mean, aren't, aren't you thankful you're going to get some new pillowcases out of this? Summer? I am. <laughs> Last night, see, I tied my pillowcase up so tight, I really... I just did it for the fun of it this morning, but last night I had to cut the pillowcase open. You couldn't untie it. No, I don't think I could. I tried to. But if you know I what? If I had known, I would have gotten some really old and tattered pillowcases. Well, these are old and tattered. You have some now. <laughs> but can we think about what do we have genuinely to be thankful for? That's right. And when we're thankful, you're not going to be discouraged. Devil can't get you to be discouraged when you are just full of thanks for the Almighty God. Well, let me see where I was at here. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 15 says, Thank God for his son. And, and what's God's son's name? Jesus. Thank God for his son. They give two wonderful four words. Jesus. It's God's greatest gift, two wonderful four words. And what I'd like to do right now, if we could just reaffirm our faith in Jesus, who gave his life for us, we always surely have something to be thankful for. Jesus gave his life for us to wash our sins away. He's awesome. So I would like you to join me in reaffirming our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ as our Savior, as our Lord, as our King. And those who are watching online or those who are in here, reaffirm your faith. If you've declared it before, but if you've never declared it, would you declare it with us here as we pray? Let's just bow our heads. Dear Father. Dear Father. I believe that you love me. I believe that you love me. And I thank you for sending your son Jesus. And I thank you for sending your son Jesus. And washing all my sins away. And washing all my sins away. Help me to become more thankful. Help me to become more Help thankful. me to become chronically thankful. Help me to become chronically thankful. And bring you into view. And bring you into view. For those who don't know you yet. For those who don't know you yet. Thank you for forgiving my sins. Thank you for forgiving my sins. And changing my life in the way that you have. And changing my life in the way you have. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.